<coughs> we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. Yo, you're listening to Prayers and they Dub. It's time to bear that. Let's get to it. Howdy Mitchell, what's good, fam? Audience, welcome to the Bears Essentials. On today's show, we break down the Bears' week two opponent, the Cincinnati Bengals, with our special guest, Matt Edwards from In the Jungle Podcast. A-Dub, talk to him. What's happening over there, Perez? Well, listen, A-Dub, I feel a lot better than the last time we spoke, Sunday, I was still heated. I mean, I still had that steam rolling off of me after that game on Sunday night, but I didn't let that shit simmer off. It's Wednesday. Nothing but good vibes over here today for me, brother. Oh, that's good to hear, man. I'm still getting getting over that loss myself, you know, moving forward. That's all we could do. Well, hey, as I mentioned to the audience, we got a special guest on the show today, Matt Edwards. Matt, come in here and talk to him, brother. I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl this year. I think they might be the best team in the league. Uh, so you know, if you're going to lose to someone, at least lose to someone really good when they're debuting their new stadium, right? Dude, that stadium was so sick, bro. What was that $5.5 billion stadium? Jeez. It's like Disney world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I had a buddy that was at the game and he was showing pictures and I said, this isn't a stadium. This is just the whole way of life. What is this? <laughs> right. Like I, I think that that stadium costs more than everything we have combined in Ohio. So I'll have to try to make it out there one day. Yeah, one day, right? For sure. Well, hey, Matt, before we get into it, I want you to tell our audience a little bit about your show and just, you know, give the little rundown on what you're what you're all about, man. So I've got a podcast. I'm a former sports reporter. Uh, I did it in a few different markets, including Cincinnati, and uh, got tired of the grind, but still have that itch to, uh, you know, talk about sports and that. So I have a podcast called In the Jungle. It's a weekly podcast. Just talk about uh, the Bengals and what they've got going on and kind of like you guys do try to keep it loose. I kind of, you know, at this point in my life, I'm over the whole traditional straightforward news style of reporting. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. I still consume a lot of that. It's Mm -hmm. just not anything I have interest in doing anymore, but I still love talking about football, which is why I'm really glad you guys asked me to come on. I, any other teams, fans, podcasts who are listening out there, I I'll talk football 24 hours a day. Guys, take this guy up on it. He he put it out there. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. He's an audience. He's out there in Columbus. He's rooting for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And listen, Bears fans, you know we rock with Ohio State because we got one of their own, Justin Fields, out here. When we get him out of bubble wrap. But that's a story we'll get into a little bit later on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what I said. At least he's not getting hurt on the sidelines like we did with our stud rookie quarterback last year. So the grass isn't always greener. It isn't. But I will say this, though. At least you guys got to see what he could do. And they beefed up some things on that old line. So I hope that this year we can keep uh, Joe Burrow upright. <laughs> yeah. And that's the plan. He got sacked five times on Sunday, but three of those were not, they were running backs, uh, you know, not 
taking care of a blitzer. So yeah, yeah, Joe Burrow. I mean, my God, if they don't invest to protect him at this point, they're going to have a lot of explaining to do. So I'm just trying, I'm trying not to even think about the possibility of him getting hurt again. I'm trying to, cause you know, if it doesn't happen, you don't really ever think about guys getting injured until it happens. So, but yeah, that was a lot of trauma for Bengals fans last year. Yeah, so let's let's try to have some positive vibes, though. So that because I can see you don't want to really get into that, so that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not living in the past, man. No, you can't, man. You got to move forward. You heard me and Abel talk about that earlier. We can't worry about Sunday. Sunday happened. It is what it is. On the Cincinnati. But, yeah, and I mean, there's a ton of good teams that are 0 and 1 right now. It's you know, you got 16 more games. There you go. Thank God for that 17th game. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but I do want to ask you just to turn back the page just real quick. I want to get your thoughts on that week one game. And also, too, I want to get your thoughts on how you felt your team did in the offseason here before we get into the nuts and bolts of everything. So, I mean, the offseason for the Bengals is all about getting healthy. I mean, people talk, everyone knows about Joe Burrow going down, but they also had, you know, Trey Hopkins, who was maybe the only good piece on that offensive line consistently aside from Jonah Hill. Those were the two guys their left tackle in their center. The only two who you said in the off season, you have to bring them back and they both ended the season on IR as well. So just getting those guys back healthy and then adding Riley reef on the right side, who you guys know from Minnesota very well. And a couple of veterans in the middle there at guard who probably aren't long-term pieces, but work well enough and have at least in week one worked well enough to get a win. And then uh, the big piece was Trey Hendrickson on the defensive line. And he, Everyone talked about the Vikings having 12 penalties on Sunday. A lot of those were because they had to hold him. They had to do things against that Bengals defensive line. Otherwise, Kirk Cousins wouldn't have been able to throw for whatever it was, like 400 yards or whatever he did. I felt good about the offseason in general. And then on Sunday, man, look, the Bengals have won six games the last two years. I'll take take anything I can get at this point. (laughs) No, fair point. Now, you did bring up the part with Joe Burrow, and we just said, hey, you know what? As long as he can stay healthy for you guys, it should be okay. But he did limp off the field a little bit. I wanted to get your thoughts there. Is he on the injury report right now? What's the situation with Joe heading into week two here? Joe Burrow said this yesterday, I think it was. The days are blending together. He's good. He said his knee was sore after the game, but that's to be expected, right? After you go through something like that. In practice today, he fully participated. They did list him on the injury report with that knee being sore, but he was a full participant. He says he's good, and I can't imagine the team would risk running him out there on a Wednesday in practice if he wasn't actually good. So if you guys could do us a favor and actually lock Khalil Mack somewhere in a basement until Monday morning, um, I'll feel even a lot better about his knee. I'll tell you one thing. If you watch that game on Sunday night, it looked like he got locked away in the closet on his own. Our Bears defense, they left a lot to be desired in that game on Sunday. So I'm really hoping, though, and that's one of the things we'll get into because that's one of my keys to the game for the Bears to beat the Bengals is unlocking that defense because that bears defense historically has always been the strong suit of our team. You look at that game on Sunday and I'm like, what the hell happened to our bears defense? Hey dub. I'm like, what the hell happened to us? <laughs> it used to be a prideful tradition. Didn't look so prideful that last game, but you're right for us. That's a good key to have, man. We got to step right game up there, brother. So Trey Wayne's, I know you guys did not put him on the IR and he's expected to be out week two again. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so now A-Dub, when I saw that, I said, that is a matchup potentially that we can expose because when you look at Eli Apple, and I'm not trying to take shots here, but that's a guy that if, if, I'm, if I'm Matt Nagy, maybe we throw the ball past 10 yards on Sunday and actually go after Eli Apple because in that damn Rams game, I don't know what it was, Matt, but Matt Nagy, our head coach, refused to throw any route past 10 yards. 
we got to do that on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I saw I got called out for it today. Yeah, I mean, Eli Apple single-handedly gave up uh, the Vikings' first touchdown on Sunday. He's a guy, you know, he's another Ohio State guy, so it hurts to say, but man, he's just not a guy who you want out there at this point. Uh, obviously, he's bounced around the league a, a lot. The Bengals start three corners now with Mike Hilton. All three guys they got in the offseason, Mike Hilton came over from Pittsburgh. Oe Awuze came from Dallas. And those two look solid. But yeah, Eli Apple. And look, I'm sure the Bears, everyone knows if there's a weakness in that secondary right now, it's Eli Apple. It seems like every time we watch the Bears, Cole Komet has a good game. Obviously, Montgomery out of the backfield and Allen Robinson, who's just waiting to get on a team with a stud quarterback. And it seems like you might have one in the backup spot right now. I mean, right. There, right. there's opportunities there against Eli Apple. No, there definitely is. I mean, you you talked about A-Rob. We got Darnell Mooney, who, which is one of A-Dub's favorite players on the team. You have Marcus Goodwin. So there's so much speed on this offense. And, and to the point that you were making earlier about how Nagy got called out, Marcus Goodwin was the one that called Nagy out for the game plan. And so you even have players on the team questioning, hey, why do we take at least one shot? Why do we try to open it up just a little bit? <laughs> you know, like Yeah, and I'm make- sure you guys saw this too. I think Vegas moved Matt Nagy uh, today as the favorite to be the first head coach fired this year. Was that? I did, I did see yeah. that. <laughs> so, and I like Matt Nagy. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but I, I, I feel like he's kind of overachieved. He's never really had a mainstay at quarterback and in a division where he's been going up against Aaron Rodgers since he got there. That's, you guys have been... I said coming into this year, all I want out of the Bengals this year is to go into December with a shot at a wild card. You guys have been there every year in a division that's very hard to win. So I'm I'm pro Matt Nagy, but at the same time, when you guys in Chicago are sitting there watching around the league, all these young quarterbacks come out and ball, and yep. you're sitting there with my boy Andy Dalton, who I love, but isn't going to get you very far, I understand the impatience. When I think of Matt Nagy, he probably could be a really decent head coach. But my problem with him has always been the play calling. You know how most coaches, they'll make adjustments, right? He doesn't make adjustments. Very stubborn. If he has a game plan and he's going into a game with, he's going to stick to that. You know, it doesn't matter if it works or doesn't. So for me, I see potential in him. But we're like, what, in year four of the Matt Nagy era? I'm just losing patience. Like, I'm ready to run. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Right. We saw what our team looked like offensively when Matt Nagy wasn't calling plays last season. We call plays this season, first game, 14 points. We start to see a trend here that Fred is alluding to is that he's a good guy, just doesn't always make great decisions when it comes down to really managing games and also getting us some points on the board. So it, it is Matt Nagy calling the plays, not Bill Lazor? Correct. Yeah, okay. Lazor, when we had that hot streak towards, and I, and I use that with air quotes audience, but we had a, a decent run there where the offense was actually moving the ball and scoring points. That was Bill Lazor that was calling those plays. And then Matt Nagy took it back away from him when we went to the playoffs and we promptly got kicked out by the Saints. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you guys have had some rough goes in the playoffs. It, trust me, I, I know about rough goes in the playoffs, but you guys have had some rough ones. Yep, and we never speak about the one that you're probably thinking about on this show. So I uh, thank you in, in advance uh, for not bringing that one up. <laughs> I, we went, hey, I, like I said, we're moving forward. I'm not going to live in the past. We're moving forward. There you go. I like your energy, brother. So when you look at this matchup, Matt, being locked in and in tune with those Bengals, what are some of your keys when you look at this matchup? Because we obviously talked about our offense and the inefficiencies there. We talked briefly about our defense and the fact that our defense is not what it used to be. So what are some areas that you think there that the Bengals may be able to really take advantage of and exploit in this matchup? For me, it's the same way they beat the Vikings. Commit to shutting down the run. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 61 yards on 20 carries. That doesn't happen very often. 
if they can do the same thing, shut down David Montgomery, make Andy Dalton, assuming he's going to be the guy back there, make Andy Dalton win the ball game. It's not going to happen. And I've <laughs> seen every snap of Andy Dalton's career up until the last two years. Um, and I'm a big look, man. Andy Dalton is good of a human being as you will find pro athlete or not. And it, it always pains me to kind of talk about him like that. And he, he's a solid quarterback. He's a top 25 quarterback in the league, but unfortunately he's always, I feel like for the rest of his career going to be in that space where he's going to be good enough to start for someone, but he's not going to be good enough to start for someone past week 18 now. So for me, that's the thing. The Bengals got to say, we got to make Andy Dalton win this game. Same thing they did with Kirk cousins. And that's about it, man. I mean, if, if Joe Burrow and this offense can't outscore Andy Dalton, then we've got some other things to look at. Now, the other thing is, and it's kind of like last week, I said, I didn't really care about the questions. The Bengals got to win. I was happy with that. Bengals are one and 15 on the road since Zach Taylor took over and they were zero and 15 at one point. They beat magically somehow Deshaun Watson, Brandon Allen, the backup beat Deshaun Watson in week 16 last year. It's crazy, right? Like if you told someone that they wouldn't believe you, but yeah, so I, I got to see this team go on the road into what we know. Um, look, and I know you guys aren't happy with the bears right now. They're still a solid team. They're still a team. I think everyone expects to compete, maybe not for the division, but for a wild card spot. That's a fair point, man. And, and this is the thing, you know, going into the season, I made my prediction that the bears will win nine games this year. A made a prediction that they will have 11 wins this season. So it's one of those things where you just see the same movie over and over again. And I'm really not trying to look at it that way, but that's just how it feels, at least for right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm with you there, Fred. It's like the same movie, but then you add something else to that. It's like, like for example, we saw what our secondary did. We really never had these really major issues like this, Fred, last season. I mean, we had a couple of things, but not to this point. Like, we saw this first game. It was like, wow, those kind of mishaps, that's what's tough to see. Historically, we've always had our defense to be able to lean on. So in situations where the offense only scored 14 to 17 points, where we're like, okay, our defense is going to have to hold firm here. We're going to have to hold people to field goals if they get into the red zone, right? But now what we saw on Sunday, and even still, that was a really good offense. We talked about what Matt Stafford was going to be able to bring to that Rams offense. Right. So we weren't surprised there, but what I was concerned about, A-Dub, was just the lack of attention to detail, the not touching down the player, the blown coverages. So those are just some things, Matt, when, when I look at this matchup, we got Joe Burrow coming here to Soldier Field. And if our secondary, especially those safeties, if they don't clean that up, it's going to be a field day because, I mean, T. Higgins, he's someone that I really, really like that you guys have on that team. He's a stud. So, I mean, you could probably tell us way more about him than I could, but you guys have a lot of weapons on that offense. And so that's really what kind of concerns me going into this matchup. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of T. Higgins, I've said this several times on my podcast that nothing against Jamar Chase. I have higher expectations for T. Higgins this year. Uh, he was just that good last year despite the fact that he played with three different quarterbacks, including Joe Burrow. I mean, who was a rookie and he's Joe Burrow, but still you guys had never played together. You came out and played very well together. And then he had to play with Ryan Finley and Brandon Allen. And at the end of the year, Bengals fans had kind of forgotten about AJ green because T Higgins was playing so well. And then the other thing to mention there, yeah, everyone talks about the three receivers, right? With Jamar chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon is leading the league in rushing after week one. <laughs> 127 yards, uh, had the most, this is all according to pro football focus, had the most broke tackles last week. I think he broke seven tackles last week. I mean, we've been waiting on this. Those of us who watch the Bengals every week, the offensive line has been so 
terrible the last two years that Joe Mixon, as soon as he got the ball, was running, just trying to avoid negative yards. And now that he gets a chance to get up to the line of scrimmage, I mean, he he looked excellent. He looked the part. He looked worth that contract extension they gave him last offseason. So you mentioned your safeties, man. When the Bengals really got going, and look, they only scored 27 points, but when the offense really started uh, moving last week was when Joe Mixon started ripping off those six and seven yard runs. That was one of my keys right there in slowing down Mixon. I mean, like you said, Matt, he did a great job at taking a whole lot of pressure off Joe. To me, if Joe had that much time to relax, they gave you guys another identity to where you got a run game going. They can start to attack more in the passing game because now people are worried about the rushing yards. So, I mean, he really played a big part in making an impact on that game. And again, he took a lot of relief off um, Joe. Joe was able to be a little bit more surgical with him doing all the dirty work. So we let Mixon get those yards, break tackles. It's going to be a long night for our team because now you're moving the chain and now Joe is getting more and more comfortable in being in the back there. And that's the thing, man, for as bad as the Bengals have been the last couple of years, so much of it has been injuries. And I don't know what you can do about that. I'm obviously not a doctor, but when this team is healthy, they've got, they've certainly got the pieces there to make these things happen. So if that offensive line stays intact, I mean, my God, that would be amazing. And that will allow Joe Mixon to do those things. And that's really what allows the entire offense to go. As much as we talk about Joe Burrow, you get that running game going. You're not going to stop that. I hope you're not going to stop them. I see. And if you do, then we've got even bigger issues in health because why do you have all these great guys who suddenly can't play? But yeah, that's you're right, man. I mean, Joe Mixon, there's a lot of weapons and that's, that's one of the reasons, you know, I've been watching this team my whole life. I don't remember being this excited about them. Uh, maybe like 2005, 2006, when they first started being good after 15 years of absolutely sucking, was I this pumped, but yeah, man. If they stay healthy, I they're a playoff team. I really believe that. When I look at this matchup, the guy that I'm really huge on for the Bears is David Montgomery, who you touched on earlier in the conversation, Matt. He's number two in the league in rushing, right? So he's coming right behind Joe Mixon. So this is going to be a matchup of really two young emerging backs in the league. And for me, one of my keys for this game is Matt Nagy and the Bears offense. They need to establish David Montgomery early and often. The last game, we were only able to get 17 touches for him. Obviously, the game got away, so they couldn't run the ball as much. They had to pass the ball more to get back into the ball game. But I really hope that this Bears offense runs the ball Sunday 30 times. I would love to see them pound it out and just run more of an efficient type of passing attack with, with Andy Dalton. Because Andy Dalton didn't play bad on Sunday. He got the ball out quick. Outside of that red zone pick, I thought he was, I thought he was okay, right? So if we have a heavy dose of David Montgomery, I'll take the okay Andy Dalton, but I need to see my Bears defense come back A-dub. I feel really good about that. So if we get David Montgomery involved, I feel very, very good on Sunday about that. It's going to be important for us to see Andy Dalton do very well because he's playing against his former team. It'll be good to see him play well against them. But to your point with Montgomery, just really seeing Montgomery out there, establish himself, Perez, with Nagy giving him the chance to run the football more often, like you're saying. If he can pound it out, Perez, get some good yardage, continue to extend drives. That really would keep Joe Burrow on the sidelines for a while, a little bit longer. That's the goal. Keep them thinking, keep them guessing, and then we milk that clock like we did before. Yes, sir. And then this will be Andy Dalton 2.0 revenge game because he had his revenge last year. Matt was kind enough to remind me about that when he was in <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Dude, let me tell you something. You guys mentioned he played an RA game Sunday night. Andy Dalton has always, he made the playoffs the first five years he was in the league as a starter. He is and always will be as good as the team around him. When he had uh, you know, a good offensive line, a good running game, 
And, you know, the receivers, we all know the Bengals have always had good receivers. AJ Green, Marvin Jones, Muhammad Sanu, Tyler Eifert that one year, I think had 13 or 14 touchdowns as a tight end. He's hurt all the time, but when he was in there, he was excellent. Andy Dalton's going to be as good as the guys around him. So it's kind of, remember when Case Keenum was at 2016 with the Vikings, they went 13 and three. I forget what year it was. Yeah, that was that year. That's, that's Andy Dalton. If you put an excellent team around him, I mean, he's gone 12 and four as a starter. And I don't know if he's as good as he was. I think that was five years ago, 2015, when they started eight and zero. But if you can put the pieces around him, he can still be a really good quarterback. Now, is he going to compete with Aaron Rodgers in the division? Probably not. Is he going to compete with, Matt Stafford, who we just saw, or Tom Brady in the playoffs? Probably not. But I think if you're a Bears fan, I think you guys would be all right with that, right? Well, I mean, it will bode well for our 9-11 to win is prediction. But one thing that I do want to get into, and this is something that A-Dub and I've talked about a ton on this podcast, is at some point we know that Justin Fields is going to get this this job, right? Mm -hmm. Right. For me, it's just a matter of making sure that it's done in a way that he's going to be protected because you talked about Joe Burrow and that offensive line being atrocious last year for you guys. Well, Matt, if you saw that game on Sunday that the bears played, both of the left tackles there got hurt. We are on a f- our fourth left tackle right now. So for me, when I think about it, I'm okay with Andy Dalton being in there for the time being, because I don't want Justin Fields playing behind a makeshift offensive line and getting hurt. Yeah. Let's let Andy get his ass beat for the next few months. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's you what you're point. saying, Prez. You're trying to put it nicely, but you're saying, yeah, just kick the hell out of the redheaded guy <laughs> until the new year. Save us our star future quarterback for right now. But I would give Andy Dalton credit right here, and I think Andy Dalton was getting rid of that ball pretty quickly. So, can you continue doing that? I don't know, right? But now, like Prez mentioned, you know how much our offensive line is banged up you know, it's going to be tough for him. So we'll just see. I would hate to see Justin Fields in that kind of a situation because we don't want to lose our franchise quarterback like that, just to be totally honest with you. No, and look, man, I, you guys, I've already mentioned, I went to Ohio State. I've never seen, I graduated from Ohio State in 2012. I've never seen in my lifetime a player as talented as him play in the Scarlet and Gray. I can't wait to watch him once he takes that over. I'm, you know, even right now with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, like the Bears might be my second favorite team. Like those are two guys who, you know, I like a lot. But it's just, I got to think, is there any other reason for Matt Nagy not to be playing him right now other than he doesn't want him to just get crushed? I can't think of it, man. We talked about it in some of our offseason content. There was talk that there was a promise made to Andy Dalton, and that was the reason why he signed here. And the way that I look at it, I'm like, hey, it feels a business. Okay, maybe you might have looked the guy in the eye and said, hey, you're our starter. But did he say exactly how long he's going to be the starter? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got his game in. Yeah, you got your game in. <laughs> and I thought about that too, but I honestly thought that was such a ridiculous reason that that couldn't be it. Right. So I don't know, because if you look at everything, even the offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, who you talked about earlier, he came out and, and said to the media today, Justin Fields has done everything that they've asked for him. And he's like, look, as far as I understand, Woody, I see it. There's nothing holding him back from being the guy. So they're like, so then what is it? He's like, it's not my call. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, when you're saying things like that to reporters, it kind of makes you wonder if there's, if Matt Nagy and uh, Bill Lazor, I mean, I don't know if you say something against what your boss has publicly stated, it's not, uh, not the best look. 
Matt Nagy's having a rough week with the, his players and also now the staff coming out and taking little swipes on him. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know, man, I don't have the answer. And I've, you know, I've, I've been fortunate. That's the one thing with the Bengals. They've always had an established quarterback. I mean, when Andy Dalton was here, it was his. Now that Joe Burrow is here, it's his. Carson Palmer was here, it's his. And before he was here, I was like a little boy. So I don't really remember, but um, so you don't I remember say, the John Kitna days. <laughs> well, Kitna started in 2003. I would have been 14, one comeback player of the year. I love John Kitna, man. One of my all-time favorite guys. Um, I've actually got a picture with him when I'm like, I don't know, 12 years old. Hey, I remember all the guys. I mean, I had a Jeff Blake jersey. I had an Achilles Smith jersey, a Boomer jersey when I was a little toddler. Um, But I just don't remember the uh, the ins and outs of where the quarterback controversies. I'm sure there were, but they also weren't as amplified back then as they are now with us getting up to, you know, minute by minute updates on Twitter. Yeah, that's the thing now. That's a good point because you think about it. When we were younger... We just were able to enjoy, in our minds, we probably thought the guys were better than what they were. Now, kids, they're seeing these up-to-minute updates on players. They're like, no, this guy's trash. <laughs> like, they know it right away. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's like, I remember, uh, you know, when we were little, uh, how old are you guys? You know, I'm 32. So are we in the same age range? Uh, I'm a decade older. Okay. Well, you, you're carrying it well, Prez. Yeah, I appreciate um, that, brother. <laughs> but... Like you watched NFL live at four 30 to five on the weekdays. That was the only NFL news you got. Maybe if something huge happened, like it would come in as breaking on sports center, but yep. now it's like we get minute by minute on everything. And back then, I don't know what that has to do with anything. I just, I think about that a lot. How like I literally get, you know, Adam Schefter on my phone when he tweets. And then when yep. I was a kid, if it happened, you got, you got half an hour a day to get all your NFL news. And then you went back to, you know, doing puzzles and beating up your friends in the backyard. Yeah. No, you're totally right about that. I mean, I'm even going to just tell my age even more. So I used to sit up and watch George Michaels. Uh, He had a, on Sunday nights, he would do like his version of like around the horn back in the day. It was called sports machine or sports tape or something like that. And he would go through and give you the whole loop of every every NFL team to play and give you the highlights. That's what I had as a kid because I didn't have cable. Now kids, they get that stuff watching red zone. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy now to get that kind of update. So you're right, man, that, how technology have changed the game and how the networks have expanded over the years. And now you get everything, like you said, from your phone as well. So it's just so easy to get the information to point out any player's faults or even their strengths. Just that simple. Yeah, we sound really old. We're like a bunch of grumpy old curmudgeon <laughs> men right now. You know, it's okay. Cause I, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to tell anybody to get off my lawn. I do not even care. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I embrace it. Well, one of the key that I have, and I want to get you guys thoughts on this part, but for me, when I look at this matchup, I talked about our secondary and how we got picked apart by the Rams last week, Joe Burrow, if he has the same amount of time that Matt Stafford had in the pocket, we're going to be in trouble. So from my standpoint, if we can make Joe Burrow uncomfortable, Hakeem Hicks can make some pressure up the middle that allows Khalil Mack the opportunity to actually get home. I think we might be in a better situation and it will help lessen the pressure on our secondary because right now in our secondary, we have Kendall Villador, who's a second year player, untested player. And like I said, that's secondary. Eddie Jackson, I've been circling his name for the last two years. He's been missing. So if we could do anything on that defensive line, that linebacker core, if that front seven can do anything to put pressure on Joe Burrow, I will be one happy person on Sunday. Yeah, and I think that was Minnesota's game plan too. And then once Joe Mixon got going, it was like, all right, well, we gotta we gotta switch it up. And yeah, 
So, I mean, and again, they did a good job. They sacked Joe Burrow five times on Sunday. And let's not act like the Bengals blew them out. They won at the buzzer in overtime. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. You get pressure on them. And that's, that's you know, how have we seen Tom Brady lose his, what is it, three Super Bowls? Uh, you beat up the quarterback. And mm-hmm. not, not that this game Sunday is anything close to a Super Bowl. It's much closer to a preseason scrimmage. But <laughs> if you want to beat a good quarterback, you beat him up. Please don't yeah. do that, by the way. <laughs> Save that for Aaron Rodgers. Well, I love that. Yeah, I, I, there's no love loss between me and that guy. But the point that you made, though, and it's kind of funny about Brady. Whenever Brady starts to make those faces, A-Dub, that's when you know that you've gotten in his head. So if we see Joe Burrow do that a couple times on Sunday, we know, okay, man, we're getting to the kid. We're getting to him. <laughs> exactly. He's this early in his career, too, for us, which is a good thing. He may not can, can handle that kind of pressure, you know, like some of the veteran quarterbacks could, you know. So you're right. Put that pressure on him, see if he folds up a little bit. And I think that's a big key factor because that's what happened against Minnesota. Minnesota actually had their chance to win that game. They actually got back in the game because they started putting that pressure on. Now, I get what Mixon did. He did his job. But again, when they started leveling that defense on Joe Burrow, those sacks, those hits, they started to add up a little bit. And you, you guys struggle a little bit with that as well in the offense. Yeah, and the Bengals got, when you mentioned earlier, when Joe Burrow limped off at one point and he came back in the game, but the Bengals got very conservative. They didn't throw, I think they ran the ball six straight times after yep. that rather than try to go out there and put it away. With Zach Taylor's, that's one thing I like about Zach Taylor is he is aggressive and he caught a lot of heat. He went for it on his own 30 last week. It was 21-7 Bengals at that point that allowed the Vikings to score and like, a handful of plays and uh, get right back in the game. But it's very unlike Zach Taylor to kind of sit on a lead, which is one thing I love about him because that was one of Marvin Lewis's biggest downfalls was getting up a couple touchdowns and then just saying, all right, let's get conservative with the game plan. Zach Taylor does not do that. I don't think he would have done that if not for Joe tweaking that knee a little bit. So uh, that's something I'll be watching too. I want to, I want to see if he's consistent the way he's been the last two years. And that's something I love about him. If there's an opportunity to get points, he doesn't care how much time's left, what the score is. He's going to do it. I think in this new NFL, you have to have that mentality. I think that. Yeah, Marvin look what happened to the Browns on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. That yep. was exactly where I was getting ready to say, yeah. You know, they took their foot off the gas. You can't do that against Pat Mahomes. <laughs> no, you, no. <laughs> so no, you can't do that. Before we get out of here, I want to hear you guys' predictions for the game on Sunday. I'm going to start with you, Matt. What you, what you thinking on Sunday? Oh, you know what? I haven't thought of a prediction yet. The guy, Jeremy Rao, who's a sports anchor in Cincinnati, was on my podcast last week and uh, nailed the Bengals Vikings prediction. So not only did he get the score right, he got how it would play out right. So I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me. But here's the thing. I'm trying not to be like a homer, but I just feel good about this Bengals team. The defense, and you know, we talk about Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and all those guys. The defensive line for me is the unit that I'm like, let's go. Like, that's the unit that I think can get after them. Do you guys have score predictions ready? I got the score 23-20 Bears. Okay. That's what I'm going with. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think we start to put a little bit more points than we did the first game. I think this offense is going to jilt a little bit. Now, I still think you all got a good defense, but I still think we can attack you guys. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll, I'll say this. I'll be very disappointed if the Bengals only score 20 points. Um, I felt like <laughs> last week they eased into it, and then again, they let off the gas. I'm going to go... Last week, I said 30-20 Bengals. This week, I'll go 31-20 Bengals. Okay, 31-20 Bengals. I'm going to go Bears 27. I'm going to go Bengals 23. Okay, so almost exactly the opposite of what we saw last week. The reason why I'm going that way is I just think that Desai, our defensive coordinator, has probably chewed that defense out so badly that I don't think that we're going to see anything like what we saw Sunday night again. So I think the defense will be back to form. 
And I think that we're going to get a heavy dosage of David Montgomery. So I think the offense will be moving because the one thing about Sunday, one of the positives for that game was the offense was moving the ball and the time of possession, we were ahead there. We just didn't capitalize on basically having the ball as long as, long as we did on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And for the record, I should say too, I go through and pick all these games. And two weeks ago, I picked the bears to win this game. So I'm just, <laughs> <Did you? laughs> yeah. I'm uh I'm riding on my high horse right now. And that's fine. I said on my podcast earlier this week, cause a lot of people and you guys are going through the opposite end of this right now. I said on mine, I said, cause there's still some issues. Like every team who won, I think even Kansas city, as good as they are, they trailed that whole game. I'm sure on sports radio there this week, they're talking about how they shouldn't be trailing the Baker Mayfield team or whatever. I told fans in Cincinnati, man, enjoy it. You know, we we're not in the, we're not in the locker room. We don't need to sit around and talk about, we can, it's fun. Yeah. but just to enjoy the win. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm staying on that high horse and I'll go with them. 31 20. All right, there you go. Well, Matt on the way out, give our audience your, your Twitter handles and just uh, a little bit more about where they can find your show. And we definitely appreciate having you on here today, man. Yeah, guys, I love doing it. Uh, I'm at Matt Edwards on Twitter. If you look me up and you see a little boy, that's me. That's just my stupid kid picture. I don't know why I have, there's no good pictures of me as an adult. I look stupid. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's me. And I I have fun on there. And then my podcast is called in the jungle, uh, a podcast, mostly about the Cincinnati Bengals. If you just search Bengals, it's one of the first few that comes up, I think. So if you, I'll be sure to, you know, give you guys a rating and all that. I don't think people realize they should do the same. If they like this episode, I don't think people realize that goes a long way. And as much as at least I do this and I get on podcasts because it's fun, you know, it's cool to, see a little fruits of your labor there too. When you see your, your podcast climb up a little. That's right. Exactly. So no, definitely appreciate that, Matt audience. This is uh, just, you know, our first preview pod of the season. We definitely enjoyed having Matt here on this episode. And as he mentioned, you know, if you guys enjoyed this, definitely give us a five-star rating and go over and listen to him on in the jungle. Because when I was going through and looking at some of his work, I'm like, man, he's had some really, really great guests. So it's, it's just, you can just tell that he has a lot of experience there in the industry and has those contacts. So definitely someone for you guys to check out. A-Dub, you got anything on the way out? Matt, salute to you, man. You're doing a lot of great work out there. Proud of what you're doing, what you've been accomplished out there. And good luck the rest of the way, man. Same to you guys. I appreciate the kind words. This is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to come back and check it out, man. This is fun. I love these kind of, you know, like you told me, we're going to keep it loose. And we did. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. All right now, fellas, audience. On to Cincinnati. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday, and we are out. A-Dub, gonna sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Very Centers Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this show. Bears Nation, come down with us.